Hey, everybody. Welcome to podcast number 88. Uh, here's our regular crew for the most part. Uh, Carrie, as you can see, is not here. Uh, so when this all gets messed up, you can blame me because that's, that's on me today. You, you, uh, got, you got the instructions, but we'll see how this goes. Dexter's in charge. Everybody blame Dexter if this goes wrong. I didn't get instructions. I got those like six months ago, the one time we did this. Yeah. So we'll yeah. see how this goes. Uh, but I'm Dexter. We have Tim. We have Mr. Daryl Bradley. And back with us today, uh, our original Five Pin Universe podcaster, Mr. Adam Weber. Welcome back, buddy. It's good to hey, see guys. you guys. Really nice to see you guys again. Yeah, we almost uh, needed we, we need a drawing for him at the front opening, hey, like just to substitute yeah. him in somehow. <laughs> uh, it's, I, it's I, such I, a weird di different opening, different music. Like yeah. I, I I haven't seen the start of one of these things for a while. I've just been coming <laughs> in late. <laughs> we have we have agendas. I, I know. <laughs> Man, you guys I, have I, changed. No, nobody drinks anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I I I sent him the agenda and he's like, "You actually work?" I was like, "Yeah, we actually work now." Yeah. <laughs> Why, COVID's Adam? Do you have a, do you have a beer handy? Of course I do. I've got two just in case. Anybody <laughs> <laughs> needs one. Nice. Uh, and, a, and a bucket underneath your desk too. <laughs> <laughs> a funnel. I love yeah. it. Yeah. My trick. Nice. Well, we're glad to have you back. I'd much rather chat with you than Tim any day, so we appreciate this. Well, th this way, at least I can actually chime in when he's, uh, you know, throwing my name under a bus. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Every week, yeah. Every week. Every week, you're, get, you're getting a dig for sure. At least that's you for sure. Months. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd like to give a quick thank you to all our Patreon members. Here we are. There. If you'd like to sign up, uh, sign up at patreon.com slash 5 And as a reminder, um, if you are a Patreon member, you do get discount codes on our store. So if you are looking at purchasing merch, uh, store.5pinuniverse.ca. Um, as you can see, we have our, our male model, Jeff Watts. <laughs> yes. Wearing some stuff, rocking our shirts this week. So, uh, yeah. I mean... He's the sexiest man I know. So we've had, we've had a good, good response to the uh, to the merch. Uh, appreciate yeah. the orders coming through. Obviously, you know, any more orders keep on keep on coming. Um, you know, the hats are, are going pretty good. The sweatpants are obviously super uh, comfy. Uh, looks like Tim and Dex are both wearing the t-shirts today. So yeah. thanks for repping there, boys. I know Dex is wearing the hat. I didn't uh, I didn't fly the the ship today, but yeah, keep keep the orders coming, peeps, for sure. Love it. Uh, I'd like to thank All Star Bowling Sales, our sponsor for our podcast, uh, sponsoring guests once again this week. So we will run our All Star Bowling Sales commercial here, and then we'll bring in our special guests. So, all right, so our special guests for this week, all the way from Ontario and Florida at the moment, Mike and Cheryl Bates. Welcome aboard, guys. Hi, how are you? Good. They changed change seats. I know. Well, it's insane. We're <laughs> <laughs> playing games on us. Yeah. Did we change our where where we are now, or are we all the same for you too? Yeah. Uh, no, you're all the. Yeah. No, you and Adam have changed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm not sure what it says, but when we brought we brought you on before. Mike says to us, I don't know any of you guys. Can you introduce yourselves? <laughs> Either that says that we haven't done very much, Mike, or that you might be a little bit, a couple years older than us. Oh, definitely older. Okay. <laughs> definitely older. 
How's it going down there? You guys, so you guys are down in Florida now. Yeah, we are. Um, we come down in November. Um, usually, um, I come down November, December, then fly back home for Christmas, and then we both come down um, January through April. Um, but with the pandemic, um, going back and forth probably wasn't an option, and definitely staying home for the for uh, all of winter wasn't an option to us. So we uh, decided to fly down uh, late November. Um, we flew down because we couldn't drive down. Um, so we flew down and then shipped the car down. Uh, car got to us about a week after we got here. And uh, so we'll be down, we'll, we'll be here until first part of May is the plan. Um, love it down here. Um, it's kind of what we did growing up with my parents. They had a place down here and we visited them all the time. And it was something when I retired, I wanted to do. So uh, fully retired last year, all, yeah, last year, 2020. Um, and so now we're down here. So That's awesome. We miss the kids a lot though. That's one thing that we have found is, is um, the kids and the grandkids um, um, definitely, definitely miss them. Well, once the world turns back to normal, at least they'll have a place to go and visit. And I mean, Disneyland is close. So, I mean, it's going to be great yeah. for the grandkids. Yeah. Well, like I said, last year um, um, in March, my son and their family were down. Um, and that's just when um, the week before, now the week before um, Canada, you know, the, um, the prime minister was telling everyone to get home. So we actually had to cut our their trip short last year. And now they're not here this year, and neither is my daughter and their family. So, yeah, it's um, not quite as we had hoped or expected, but uh, we're getting the use out of it. How is life down there? Um, it's different than home for COVID, for sure. Um, there's not as much um, safety protocols, I guess, if you want to call it that. Um, you know, people are wearing masks. I'd say probably 90 percent of the people are wearing masks. Um, but when you go in the stores, you don't see them cleaning as much as you do. You know, like the the pin pads for your when you pay, the, the, you never see them cleaning them. Um, things like that. So we um, we're very careful. We're always sanitizing our hands and and doing things. Um, so uh, hopefully, and we've both been safe so far. So. Uh -huh. Hopefully it'll remain that way. Awesome. I've also heard like the no like uh, arrows on the floor or directional sort of things. People are just sort of no. going wherever you want to go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's really like I say I it's very um, again and, and and you know the more the more you talk to your neighbors and the more you talk to um, Florida is a very republic state and. Um, a Republican state. So a lot of people don't believe in the coronavirus, to be honest. It's like, ah, what are you talking about? Right. Yeah. yeah. What what a crazy time to move down there. I mean, you, you moved in like one of the most historic time periods for the states ever, really. Yeah. I, I can only imagine that living in Florida right now with, you know, COVID and then, you know, the, the American election, that it's been a, a unique time period for being down there for sure. It certainly has, and and like you say, it's been definitely been an eye opener from um, from that. They're, like the politics is just huge. Yeah. Um, you know, um, but 
We try to stay out of those conversations. The <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> university doesn't need to go into politics either. Yeah, exactly. Like we 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 might instigate it, and then we just sit back and listen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to light a match. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Now, so, are you golfers down there, or just walk I, along the beach, or just really enjoying the warm weather? Okay, I'm the golfer. Yeah, she she won't golf because she likes it when I'm gone golfing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> that really works out well. Yeah. 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 So I go I go twice a week, uh Mondays and Thursdays. There's a a league, couple leagues uh in the park. So I go yeah. Mondays yeah. and Thursdays um golfing. So that uh, breaks up the week. Um but we used to do so many other things. We used to, you know, there used to be um shuffleboard dances going on. Um breakfast meetings and things like that. They don't have any of that right now. Right. right. So yeah, it's really, you know, and then the pool, you know, you, you try to stay separated at the pool. Um, so it is different, but like I say, I'm glad we're here rather than back home in the snow. <laughs> uh, we're definitely going to get lots of love from, uh, from people out there. We were getting texts here, you know, prior to the show of, Looking forward to having you on. Obviously, Allison uh, Roberts has recommended that to get you guys on, and yeah. you know, Martin Talbot yeah. had reached out as well. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing all the comments and and people being interactive here in the show. So they haven't they haven't seen you for a little bit too. So happy to happy to see you on watching the show. So yeah, very it's good. Uh, Thank you. it's funny watching Tom Patterson chime in here and chat uh, when uh, having never had the fortune of meeting you guys. Um, when Tim showed me pictures, I was like. That could be Tom Patterson's brother. Oh yeah, have, you know, for sure. Yep, yep. It could be. Maybe, maybe I should tint this a little red. And uh, <laughs> oh, he's got he's got no red left. None left. Oh, he's got no red left. Neither? No, no. Oh, no. You're good. Yeah, you're you're more than good. Yeah. So you guys yeah. are all from Edmonton, is that right? Yes. Yes. And I'm you're sorry. in Edmonton. Okay. So we have a family tied to Edmonton. Okay. 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 And it's tied to the Edmonton Eskimos. Okay. The CFL. Of course. They know it's the CFL. <laughs> well, wait, you can't say the Eskimos she's, anymore. She, it's the no, Edmonton she's thinking, football team. She's thinking she's talking to the American next door. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so number 28 on okay. the defense. Sorry? Yeah, Tim Hoover. No, Jordan. Oh, sorry, Jordan Hoover. Tim's oh, okay. Jordan Hoover. Um, he's played there two years, and then last year, right, they didn't play, and he's playing again for them this year. Uh, but that's um, Cheryl's brother's son, so it's our our nephew. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. He that? plays professional football out there, which is really cool. He's like the he's like a safety or DB or something, isn't he? Yeah, like yeah. a safety, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We were there two years ago. It'll be three years yep. this year yep. to see him play. In yeah. 19, we were there. Yeah. 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 That's right crazy. now, it's the Edmonton football team. So there's not yeah. even a yeah. anymore. They're going through yeah. the whole list of the seven of the minutes, which is terrible. Yeah. They're all oh, it is. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be the Elks. Elks. That's you think the sure. Elks, Tim? Yeah. Edmonton yeah. Elks? I think it's going to be the Elks. Yeah. yeah. Why, don't, why don't they just flip the EE over and be like the 39ers? 
<laughs> and then, then you still got like. <laughs> I'm trying to visualize it. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's a CFL. Yeah. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Stick to one beer, Weber. Yeah. yeah. I haven't even started yet. That's like a Costanza. Okay, and I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, should we talk some bowling there, guys? Yeah, let's talk some bowling. Yeah, sure. let's get to it. Um, let's start early on in the days. Obviously, we want to know where did the bowling itch come from? How did how did everything start from you guys? You know, way back we and and start bowling. Tell us a little about the history of, of, of where yeah. you got the, the bowling itch from. Sure. So uh, um, I'll start because um, Cheryl started a little later, actually. I started, you know, uh, my mom and dad were bowling, obviously. And then, and um, um, as I have three sisters, two older, one younger, um, I'm the only boy. So four of us, so we were, you know, involved the YBC, the bowling alley, the local bowling alley was two and a half blocks away. So, um, uh, got into bowling early. Um, my dad was a master in the 70s. Um, so, you know, being a small bowling alley, though, um, we probably had no more than 60, 70 kids in YBC. Um, but we had some good um, we had some good coaches back then. There was um, Irene Whitley and um, Pat McNeil, Pat Mahoney. Um, that were all there at that point. So um, wasn't very successful in YBC. Um, obviously, coming from a small center, and you're you're bowling against, um, you know, Sherwood, who had you know six or eight hundred kids bowling, and so on. It was very difficult getting out of the um, out of the uh, city kind of thing. So very little activity in YBC. I think I I made it to. Um, Senior singles once to the provincials, made the um, back then they called it the Pepsi. I think today they call it um, you challenge. You challenge. Yeah. Right yeah. back then was a Pepsi. So made that in the seniors. Um, set up pins when I was young. We mm -hmm. still at our bowling center didn't have um, automatic pin setters for a little while, so I was setting up pins and. What was the name of the bowling? Bowladrome. It's not around anymore? Nope. It's actually, no. Uh, it closed several years ago, probably, oh, probably 10, 15 years ago. So it's an archery place now. Oh. So, yeah. Well, they had a fire and then they, yeah, now it's an archery place. So interesting. Uh, yeah. So, like I say, but, um, you know, got to do a lot of bowling when I was young. Um, obviously, with pin setting, if it was quiet, you know, one of the pin setters would go down and we'd bowl a game or two and take turns and I'd go down and, and so on. So there was a lot of I bowled a lot as a youth. Um, mm -hmm. Once YBC was over, um, got into Yabba a little bit, not in any big way by any means, but uh, got into Yabba. Um, actually, Cheryl and I. Um, Bowled a little bit together in Yaba after we met. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about what Yaba was? Now it's a young adults. Young what, adult what bowlers. What, what was Yaba? So it was a young adult bowlers association, and I think at that time, when we, way back in the early '80s, 
I think they had a limit of 25 years. You couldn't be 25 years old or something like that. And then they expanded it to 30 and um, eventually it was, uh, you, you could be 65 years old and bowl in Yawa. It's a, okay. the, the Young at Heart Bowlers Association? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a lot of drinking, trust me. And, and, and is that what the idea yeah. was? It was just a bridge between, you know, YBC yeah. and adults and just really for the social side of things, right? To- it, yeah. Exactly. That's what they, that's what they wanted to do. Yeah. That's how it came. And I think it was the, it was the bullet proprietors, I believe, that brought in Yaba as opposed to the Ontario Five Pin or the Masters. I'm pretty sure it was the bowling proprietors who, who were responsible for Yaba. If I'm not mistaken, maybe somebody can correct me out there if I'm wrong. But um, so it bowled that a little bit, um, and that's and um, so my sister again, as we were young, uh, my sister was quite the bowler as well. She, my oldest sister, Sharon Sharon Warren, um, she won um, she won a number of uh, provincial titles. She went to the nationals uh, four or five times um as well um and when she was playing i was still a little younger um, and not as good and uh, so i watched her on the ladies teams that's where and you know watched you know again irene whitley and betty jones and helen mccallum and you know um sue davies and pat mcneil and pat mahoney i mean they were just unbelievable bowlers um so watched them a ton and, um, you know, eventually said that, um, you know, there's something I want to get in and play in the open and do that kind of stuff. So um, was lucky enough to do so. But so that's kind of where the history of the family, all of us bold, like I say, all of us bold, um, you know, even in a, as we became adults after YBC, uh, my dad um, and my mom ran a, a league on Sunday nights at Bolago. Um and all uh, all six of us and our spouses or girlfriends or boyfriends or whatever uh, played in it all on Sunday nights. So uh, that's awesome. Something that we've all done. Uh, and even our some of our kids are are bowling now. Uh, I really like that. You know, a lot of people have like Sunday dinners with the family. You guys have Sunday bowling with the family. That's, but that that's great though. That's super cool. I like that. That's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, and then, how about you, Cheryl? When you got started, uh, you know, did you play the YBC? Or I know Mike had said something about meeting in Yaba, but where did you start your bowling days? Um, I didn't start till I was twelve years old. I started at Royal York in Toronto. Um. Is that bowling alley still there? I believe not. Okay. I have no idea. I don't think so. A lot of them are closed anyways. Yeah. Um, I wasn't really in. I did bowling, but I wasn't into bowling. Like, you know, um, I did make the four-step singles in my senior year. That's when I met Connie Ward. <laughs> hmm. um, and I also went as a spare to the Pepsi um and then ybc one year the exhibition used to have a bowling Mm -hmm. lane set up and our bowling center went to bowl there and uh when we got there uh we had to wear skirts 
and us girls did not have skirts so we had to go through part it was part of uh, a show I'm not too sure what show it was like the sportsman show or whatever well we had to go downstairs and buy Indian wraparound skirts to bowl in <laughs> and we were not we were we were not allowed to bowl wow crazy yeah so so dress code infractions have been going on for a few years <laughs> is what you're saying oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Crazy. So I, as I say, I wasn't a huge, I was not really into bowling until I won the bursary. And then after that, it just expanded huge. Right. Yeah, totally nice. fair. I won the bursary in 1981, right out of YBC. Um, well, she beat my best friend's friend in the finals <laughs> that day, by the way. <laughs> what was the bursary? Was it just a single tournament for a yeah. scholarship? Or what was, yeah. Yeah. Master Bowlers, um, as a, um, I don't even sure. know if they still have it or not, to be honest with you. But, you know, for through the 80s and 90s, and, you know, um, they had a bursary tournament. And um, so what they did was any graduating YBC player, so they had the, the, the men's side and the, and the ladies' side, boys and girls, and um, played against each other. And the winner would get a free year no, in the Masters. It was a step ladder. Yeah, you would qualify, and then there was a step, step ladder, ladder, right? But you'd get a free year in the Masters. Yeah. Um, On a tournament. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I had no idea what it was about. Either did my parents. My parents had no <laughs> idea what bowling was. And I won it. And then uh, you had to bowl the whole year free. So that's what got me into most my bowling career now. But yeah, but John Conti, Don Conti from Hamilton won with me. So and then in August they have a doubles tournament. You had to bowl with the bursary win. Okay. So John and I both had to bowl in that tournament together. Hmm. Uh, and John and John came from Bowlerdrome as well. He was four or five years younger than me, but he was out of Bowlerdrome as well. So uh, I think that's how did you fare that first year. In the Masters. Pardon me? How, how did you fare that first year in the Masters? Oh, probably terrible. I'm <laughs> 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 probably scared shit because they say I didn't grow up as a bowler. Like it's, <laughs> I, you know, yeah. I don't think I did very well. But but, but what what thing, a great – Sorry, Dexter, go ahead. The thing I like about this is like you are living proof that something like that works. I mean, you, here you mm -hmm. are, you win, you win this event, and then it it was the catalyst to becoming you a bowler for life. Like that's that's what everybody's kind of hoping for when they put on those events, and uh, that's awesome. That um, it's exciting that something like that worked as well as it did. Yeah, and there's no question that's why the Masters did that was to encourage, you know, um, encourage participation and encourage membership, right? Totally. So, yeah. um, and, yeah. you know, so obviously, you know, Cheryl Bowles and that and John Conti, I mean, um, John's still bowling the Masters, you know. Here we are, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. 35 yeah. years yeah. later and he's still bowling. He still bowls. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. you had mentioned briefly about where you two met. Can you tell us a story about where this uh, love song began, or is it? Yeah. Rainbows um, and I'll, I'll start and off, and then, you know, she's got the memory, so. Because she keeps correcting you. Uh, oh, no, yeah. Some of the things that you're saying, so we, we know that Cheryl's the smart one here. 
<laughs> so in um so as you say in the bursary in 81 so john john conte won and cheryl won right so um they bowl together in september i think is when you that mixed doubles is september august. so august well and then we started so the masters started in october so um we're in guelph kitchener guelph area and um you know john's there and i'm it was john's first year so i'm you know we're talking with john and i'm asking him how things are going and i see him talking to this girl so after a little bit after a couple of games i went to john and i said who's that right and john says oh that's cheryl hoover she won the bursary with me and yada 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 and so that's how i first laid eyes on her right um was at that uh, thing so then after we finished bowling that day um at the hotel i said to john why don't you invite cheryl and you know come down for a drink in the in the in the bar and whatnot and you know we can talk and so that's kind of how it all started believe it or not and then how does cheryl remember the story yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we all group of us went out of the bar. Um, Michael asked me to dance. It was a slow song. And then he said, This um, is my big move. This is my move on women, guys. Yeah, I can see the I can see the <laughs> hands getting lower here on this dance. Yeah. So we were dancing slow and he said, Let's 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 do a trick. Let's see what happens. And I said, Okay. So he says, Look up at the ceiling. Just stare at the ceiling like you're looking at something. So we were staring at the ceiling. And he said, you watch everybody else will do the same thing. By the end of the song, everybody was staring at the ceiling, trying to figure out what the hell we were looking at. It was like, That's awesome. I love it too. That's my big move, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it clearly works. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. writing down well, notes as we're going along. Yeah, <laughs> we did not, well, we saw each other bowling. We did not get together that year. Yeah. So we changed she was in Toronto, right? I was um, <laughs> I, I was in Hamilton. So um, obviously, you know, the, the distance and whatnot. So we, we only saw each other at, at bowling, at, at Masters. And that's where the Abbott came in was, you know, a couple of her friends and then um, Dan Perry and John Conti knew some of the people, right, um, from the... Um, Anniversary tournament, whatnot, so that we're now in Yava. So we started to go together to Yava tournaments. I remember one time, I think, I don't know, we were in Brampton or someplace. And again, part of Yava was partying, right? And so on. We had 10 of us stay in a hotel room for a weekend. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like yeah. the old TG tournaments. Yeah. <laughs> Autumn Open, yeah. Yeah. Been yeah. There, those are good times. Yeah. <laughs> You take the take the mattresses off the bed, and some people would be on the box springs, and some on the yeah. mattresses, and so that's you know, so that's where we were for probably yeah, a year, fifteen months, or something like that. So, nice. um, and then um, we started to get a little bit more serious. I started to uh, go and visit to her and stay at her place, stay with you know her place at. Um, um, in Toronto, she was up in the Jane and Finch area in Toronto. <laughs> Great place to live. Uh, not, by the way, not. 
so um so i'd go and visit her a little bit more and more and more and and um um eventually we were um we're actually at a at a tournament at uh, Jack Fine's house, um, James Park. He used to run the Crispy Crunch match play tournament, I think, there in in the summer in June or July or something like that. So we were there. Um, I was bowling in that. Um, she had come down to watch and uh, proposed to her on the way home after that. Awesome. In the car. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did, did, did you pull just, over first or were you still driving? No. Nope. Just the I way said you reach under it. the chair. <laughs> look, look at the ceiling. And we were married September so, of 1983. Uh, yeah. And we got yeah. married. And, and uh, Cheryl's um, dad worked for the. Um, Ministry of Ontario. So they moved around a lot. They were originally from Simcoe. And these were in London. Then they were in Thunder Bay. No, in North Bay. North Bay. And then London. And then Toronto. And then Toronto. I think. And that's probably why she didn't start bowling until she was in Toronto, right? Um, yeah. So her her brother never bowled. Her parents never bowled. At that point. Uh, at that point. In leagues. Not, yeah. not like. Yeah. yeah. No, my brother was into hockey. Yeah. Right. We had to be married in September because he got drafted by the Buffalo Sabres. That year. And we, he was going to the training camp in October. So, so we had, we had to, get to get married, married the Labor Day weekend. Get it, get it done. <laughs> nice. If I wanted him there, we had to get married early. Yeah. Well, let's uh, – great to obviously hear the story of you guys, how you met and how this uh, this all started. Um, I think everybody's probably listening, ready to start hearing some bowling stories now and okay. some of the accomplishments. You guys have both have – a pretty accomplished uh, career. Um, first thing, though, Tim, you want to queue up '83 uh, there? Uh, well, we, we're we're ready. We can talk about '83. Yeah, um, I don't have any photos on hand. The ones we had were um, uh, just the Alberta ones there, Daryl, that I was showing you there. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, and, and- but but I I do have the stats. Um, I can bring up because I I did find them through uh, Bruce's. Uh, information there but uh i we we do know that uh when we're speaking uh mike a little bit earlier that the 83 uh winter games in uh shikudami i believe it was right was a big stepping point in your career correct yeah absolutely yeah um it started in 82 um because um uh, ontario had some qualifying tournaments um to um represent or to go to a camp kind of thing, a bowling camp that the 05 put on, um, um, combined with the Masters to, um, so you'd, you'd bowl in this regional tournament and if they probably took the top male and female or the top two or three. Um, and they, they had several of those throughout the province, um, including North, because at that point it was Ontario. It wasn't Southern Ontario and Northern Ontario. Mm-hmm. So including the north, so there were some bowlers coming down from from the north and whatnot. So they they um, pulled us all together. I gotta believe there was probably I don't know sixteen to twenty of us, both sixteen to twenty male, sixteen to twenty female, right? Um, for this long weekend in uh, in August in '82. So there was 
you know, people like Fraser that was there and Ernie Rogge and Walter Heaney, Ian Cameron, um, and so on that were, so you would, you'd bowl and you'd have some match plays, you'd bowl just some games, get a lot of Mark 10 and pinning and whatnot type thing. Um, and they kind of evaluated you. Um, hmm. um, and, and ranked you kind of thing. Um, <laughs> And at the like, end, like so then at the end of the weekend, they selected uh, the teams, and I was very fortunate. Um, again, coming from Hamilton, not very well known, you know, tons of bowlers from Toronto there, and so on. Um, I didn't think I'd have a chance, but um, you know, I bowled well there. My pinning was phenomenal, which is again takes me back to the bowldrome days when, you know, I'd spend a lot of time pinning. Um, so. I was fortunate enough, to, you know, there was, um, this, again, so there was myself, Paul Roeder from Kitchener. So I was the mm -hmm. oldest on the team. Again, there was an age limit. I think he couldn't be 25 yeah. or something like that. I think he was uh, 25, yeah. Yeah. So I was 24 at that point, right? So uh, Paul Roeder was the youngest. I think he was just right out of YBC, I think. Or he may have been 18 or 19. He was definitely the youngest. Rob McGregor from Toronto, Steve Greensides mm -hmm. uh, from Toronto, and then um, Rod Smith um, from Sudbury. He was he was uh, one of the ones that came down from uh, the north. So, so the five of us were lucky enough to make it. Um, they appointed Real Champagne mm -hmm. um, as our coach, um, and then it went from there. Right, he got us together probably once a month. Um, We'd kind of, um, you know, I, I remember one time we drove up to Sudbury. Uh, the four, the five of us drove up to Sudbury, and and instead of Rod always driving down, um, we went up to Sudbury one weekend and and uh, and did that. So um, just to you know continue to bowl and whatnot and get together and be a team. Um, Rayel was very much a. Um, what would you call it? A school, like an educator, a, a, you know, a philosopher, an educator type thing. So he actually asked us to read this book called um, The Power of Positive Thinking. Um, so I hadn't read a book since college, obviously. Right? <laughs> I'm going, and I, and I remember thinking to myself, I want a bowl. Like the last thing I want to do is read a book. Yeah. Right. Um, but I tell you, reading that book was a life changer. Um, honest to God, it was a life changer in my thought towards bowling and definitely a life changer in um, in life. It, it really changed the way I thought about things, mm -hmm. the way I reacted and responded to things. So I was really I was I, I, I thanked him every time I see him. I mean, I just saw him, I think, two years ago at one of the. Um, the Hall of Fames, and I thanked him again, um, reminded him what what he did for me and whatnot. So it was it was really nice. Um, so then you get to the the actual event, um, yep. and obviously all kinds of other sports going on at the Canada Winter Games, not just bowling. 
Um, how was that whole experience? And then how did the team fare and do in competition against them? Did you know a lot of the other people in other provinces that were playing against? Or was it because you were all young, you were, you didn't know a lot of the other people and didn't know what you were getting into? Yeah, yeah I didn't. I, I it, That was my first real big competition, mm -hmm. right, um, from that standpoint. Um, I mean, it, it was top-notch. I mean, what they did was phenomenal. They They actually built... Six. The military built six lanes in the military base, like kind of in their gymnasium or whatever in the military base. Cool. They built cool. six lanes with, um, you know, bench seating and stands behind it, you know, and everything kind of thing. Um, opening ceremonies, closing ceremonies, all that kind of stuff. I mean, we had outfits, you know. Um, leisure suits and track outfits and uh, red pants with the white bowling shirt. I mean, it was, it was everything. I mean, it was really top notch. Um, the accommodations, maybe not so much. <laughs> we stayed in a, in a, um, again, if I remember this correctly, we stayed in a classroom in schools. So yeah, yeah. all the sports were in different so we were teamed up with um, the wrestlers, right? So us, so and again, they had the the women or the ladies at another school. So our school was just all all men, right? So they teamed us up with wrestlers. So as you get to know, right? And again, back then, there's 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 no internet, there's no none of that kind of stuff. So you're playing cards and you're playing board games and all that kind of stuff, right? You get to know some of the wrestlers and whatnot, and lo and behold, right? Lennox Lewis is one of the wrestlers. <laughs> oh, believe it or not, <laughs> it was amazing, right? And um, so he got it was a it was amazing to be there, right? Obviously, but he got so intrigued about the team sport thing and how the camaraderie of the team sport and how you were cheering. Right for one another, and so, so he actually came to our finals and watched it and was amazed. At cool. It. Yeah, and that that was really cool. I mean, you know, um, yeah. So again, you, you look back all these years, right, and so on. But, but you know, the bowlers that were there, I mean, like, give me a second and just listen to this, right? So Bruce Motor. And, and Greg Gigliat from Alberta, right? Jeff Bourne from Manitoba. Yeah. Terry McDonald from New Brunswick. Melvin Osmond and Robert Osborne from Newfoundland, right? Elaine Refrenye and uh, Gaetan Gote and Mike Bellafil from Quebec, right? Blair Pizzi and Dave Jorgensen from Saskatchewan. Yeah. Like, amazing. And he's, so again, None of us knew one another at all, right? And 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 for me to, to to be there and then compete against these guys for 35 years afterwards is just amazing. Just amazing. It, um, I was fortunate, uh, Bruce, uh, and always spoke highly of it. He said it was probably one of his pinnacle achievements. And I know Lynn, who's on here right now, said Lynn was super jealous because he was just aged out and he couldn't go with him. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so so he said he really enjoyed it. He said that uh, obviously his coach, a member, 
the partying was really good at that point, and his coach was always waiting for them on curfew. Uh, that's what Bruce used to say and so outside the dorms. Um, but he said the, the competition was phenomenal. He said oh. um, the experience was second to none. Um, he just he really enjoyed the whole atmosphere altogether and, and he spoke of it highly immensely. So and I, I got that book that I'll, I'll send to you if I can get uh, some of it scanned over to you. Um, one of the bios it says is that uh, actually it was uh, Giggy's uh, first time buying shoes was going to this event. So it was written oh, in his wow. bio, so it was kind of funny. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it it, it truly was. Um, and like I say, the whole atmosphere, and and then you, like, you had spectators there that had nothing to do with bowling, right? Mm -hmm. um, but just wanted to see the the competition and the sports and, and what. And I've got photos, um, you know, of all these people in the background. And, and the stands are full of people, and and uh, and again, the fact that they, you know, set up six lanes just for this competition was in the was, middle of the uh, gym. In the, yeah. yeah, I think that's awesome. That that's super cool to me. I mean, how neat would it be to go to like, you know, just set up a championship set of lanes and have, you know, finals for tournaments and like 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 the Phoenix Open and have like the lanes and a dome around things yeah. and stuff. I I think that would be super cool. Yeah. Now is that the last time that they've done the Canada games was 83? Nope. Like, really? For bowling, yes. For yeah. bowling, okay. yes. Yeah. It yeah. was yeah, it was it was uh, the last time bowling was invited to the Canada Winter Games. Um Walter says it's because um Ontario didn't lose a game. You know? <laughs> so <laughs> 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 um and which you know, um, both men's and ladies. I mean, both teams were um, were very solid. Yeah, uh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of you know that that really kicked me into high gear of wanting to compete more and more and more. Uh, Good. Yeah. So um, just a just a great experience. Well, let's segue into those more competitions. Um, you know, lots on the resume here, but let's talk more specifically about the Open uh, and some of those championships and some of those events that you guys have both uh, been to over the years. Um, Mike, do you know your stats and the number of Opens? Do you want me to list them off or do you want to go ahead and give give everybody the, the update of how many times you've been to a Provincials and Nationals? Oh, dear. So Provincials, I've been... <laughs> So provincials, I've been twenty times. Um, um, Thirteen on the men's team, eleven as a singles, and seven on the mixed team. Um, singles, I didn't fare very well at all. Um, my highest finish uh, was third. I think I did it three times. I finished third. Lost twice to Chuck Park, um, and lost once to uh, um, Dave Roder. Um, so never won a game in the step ladders, uh, all three times, um, but was successful four times, um, out of those 20 and going to nationals. Um, first time was in 1984, um, with the mixed team and, um, just again, an amazing team. Like, listen to this hall of famers, right? They're all hall of famers. Irene Whitley, Pat Mahoney, um, Lloyd Omrod, Ian Wilson, right? And then we had uh, Nancy Lloyd and 
and our own Tom Patterson. We have a Tom Patterson in in Ontario as well. So, um, you know, and then we had John Conti, um, 20 years old, 20 or 21, I think he was, um, youngest coach ever to coach at the Nationals. I don't know if that still stands today, but definitely was then. Um, and um, we won it. We were in Saskatoon then and um, won gold in Saskatoon. Um, you know, Pat Mahoney, again, like I say, she was a phenomenal bowler. Pat ended up with high single, high five, high 10, and high average in the whole tournament. Mm-hmm. That's how solid she was. I think she averaged, what did she average? Where's I've got it here? 280. She averaged wow. in that. Um, so, I was, so again, you know, coming off of 83, go there in 84, win that. Um, and then have a dry spell for quite a while. <laughs> like I, I, I was making the um, uh, the Hamilton, like the provincials, but um, really was not. Um, after so I made the eighty four, and then eight years I don't go to any nationals after that, um, and it was. And in the 80s is when she had all her success, right? So I'm kind of, you know, you know, rah-rah cheering her along. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm the guy who really wants this. You know, like you say, she was like, I really wasn't into bowling. And I'm going like, come on. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, um, so I really had a drought there for a while. And um, it was at some point late in the 80s. I want to say it was 89. It may even been 90. I was bowling in the open, the provincials, and um, struggling. Like struggling not being able to throw strikes. So I was across what they call a cross-alley bowler at that point, right? Bowled right from the right-hand side, right corner, hard straight shot into the um, into the head pin, right? I was just that weekend, I was so frustrated getting corner pins and chop-offs, chop-offs galore, right? And all of a sudden, like on the Sunday, I don't know, game three on the Sunday, I went, okay, I can't keep doing this. So I have no idea what made me do it, but I changed my delivery to a backup delivery. So I moved, I moved from the furthest right to the second dot. And threw a backup, a little cross alley, trying to bring it back into the pocket, the left pocket. Um, did that for the rest of the tournament. Scored way better. And then I practiced that for a little while. And um, again, that was this kind of second game changer. That's really what put me into where I where I bowled the rest of the time was, was bowling that backup um, backup delivery really screwed me my elbow up but it was the backup <laughs> delivery that, that really propelled me to um to the to the good things that i had so um so then in so the open i was 99 silver medal team in um, regina in 2001 the only what time 
again, something I'm very proud of is um, every national I've been to, other than one, I came away with a with a medal. So, and that happened to be in 2001. Uh, we actually finished in last place. That exactly you know um and then in 2003 um surrey bc um silver medal so two silvers and a gold on a, on a, the um the open and uh, very proud of it i mean like we had a great time 2003 team a mixed team extremely young team um, with um, that Allison Roberts was on. Um, she was on that, that, that team and we, we um, it was actually funny. We thought we had won gold because um, in the final we beat, I can't remember who we were playing. I think we may have been playing Alberta. You were I'm playing sure. Alberta, yeah. And it was, was it? Bruce and Bruce Mortar was on that team. Yes, that's right. So we won the first game. Okay. And then we tied the second game. Four wow. four. Right? Oh. And because we tied, Alberta won. Because we didn't beat them twice. Because we didn't beat them twice. Oh right? wow. So that so we kind of thought, well, okay, if 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 they didn't beat us, then do we bowl another game? Like it was just, you know, the whole you know, con not controversy, but the whole, like, nobody was like, okay, what, what happens? Right. So they actually, I think, put out the rule book just to make sure. Um, but yeah, because we didn't beat them twice. They, um, they won. So uh, yeah, kind of different, but. Uh, does, does that rule still exist right now, Dex, for your rule book corner? <laughs> <laughs> Told you I was gonna uh, get <laughs> Well, uh, Weber, your stay with us has been yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you'd have to ask Tim. Tim would have a better idea of that's that's in the that's actually a C five like open uh, yeah. open tournament formats, right? Uh, I think I think a tie would be another game now. No. Yeah, it's no, an interesting, no. interesting oh, maybe, rule. Maybe I, I don't know. I, I've, I've never, I have no idea. Like that's, that's honestly, Mike. That's the first time I ever, ever. How, how do you, how do you finish on a tie? Like that's. I, I've always wondered that, and and I was wondering yeah, see, if like you know I, so I, there was I, rumors back in the day that it was like. You know that that uh, you know your team total points would be worth three and a half, so that it kind of balances that out and whatever. But uh, that's interesting. I'm going to see if it's in here. I while you must continue for, while for you're some, looking up. For some for some reason, I think they might have changed it because I think in another nationals there was a tie, one game and they had to redo it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah. Who was the one person? Uh, like who was the one match that would have won their match and then team total? Did you have like a four fifteen or something like that game, or do you remember? Yeah, there was there, and I'm trying to remember who it was. But um, um, let me maybe I can pull it up uh, here. I can't really um, step ladder. That's that where we would have met there, Mike, too, because I was on the men's team for Alberta that year. So I remember, okay. I remember that there was Mike Bates and Bruce Mortar on the mixed team that year. They're two absolute, you know, gods of bowling. 
that were were bowling on the mix at nationals. So, yeah, it looks like Allison's remembering here that you punched in ten. <laughs> she's she's going to do the yep. play for you. Thanks for the reminder, Ali. Yeah, yeah. It it doesn't have the individual scores that far back on the C five website. It just has the team points. It looks like so. Right. Yeah. No, that that'd be crazy. I don't. That's, that's yeah. I think it's, it, it, exactly, and I think it just stunned everybody, right? Okay, like okay, what happens now, right? And and whatnot, yeah. and um, you know. So uh, yeah, and they were saying, well, you didn't you didn't beat them twice, and it was like, yeah, but they didn't beat us once, you know. Like it was like it was one of those things, right? Back and forth, and, and how does this uh, work? I mean, in the end, it's all good. I mean. Um, you know the rule is a rule, right? And and uh, everybody was fine with it. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, just something I mean, to remember, I, right? I, if it, if it was me and that happened to me, I think I'd be less fine with it. <laughs> like, well, well, you got to think it's going to be on like a, a timing issue of the tournament, right? The tournament scheduling, right? If they were to to kill that game and have to roll another game, that could be detrimental to everything beyond. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's. Cr- I like I Steve's know. comments there. He's he's chirping about us. He took us to the second game. Um, you're right, Steve. I didn't play though because I remember breaking my hand punching the wall at uh, <laughs> at Scottsdale. And that little ledge oh, on the side. Yeah. I, I I played I think three or four <laughs> frames and I broke my knuckle and it was out to here at the at the banquet. But I was still okay to serve drinks out of my hotel room though. I'm pretty sure I had some tap going that night. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anyways. It- Mike it, meant sorry, actually got a rule. Go for it. It it it, it doesn't exist in there. Mm. They still don't have an actual thing written in here as to what happens with that. They have, you know, in case there's a tie going in, in the qualifying round going into the finals and on the final day, but uh there's there's nothing mm. in there saying uh yeah. Okay. Well, I guess that's something we had to look at down the road. Oh um, no, no, I think- sorry, I lied. I lied. In the event of a four-four tie, another game will be bowled down. Oh, there you go. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Allison, let's Allison, let's go back. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like Lynn's comment. Yeah. I was going to chat with uh, Cheryl regarding you, Mike. You had mentioned Cheryl in the late '80s and her success at the Open. Um, so let's let's move to your your success there. It, you know, says you're the most single and ladies there. So. Um, reminisce with us about your open experiences. Okay. Um, that year, the open changed here in 87, 88. Um, they did a regional round. So what happened was you were still qualified in your zone in December. You made your teams. But what they did was they did like the youth challenge where you do, you go against like Niagara, Hamilton, Go against four or five zones. Yeah. Somehow I don't I don't know why. I can't remember why, but that was the first year and the only year they did it. So you had to go bowl. And if out of the four teams, whoever won got to bowl at the open, but they still had the singles that year on the Wednesday. So we bowled Wednesday. To tell you the truth, as you say, I was not a huge into bowling person. But anyways, <laughs> um so we went back. We always have the teams finish, like the mixed teams, the ladies and the men's teams always finish first. And then they would do the stepladder for the singles. singles. So uh, we bowled and we finished, we fin- we won. 
So our team was off to the nationals that year. So I had, and it's really, what happened is when you bowl in, in the singles, once you qualify, you can buy yourself. Back then you could, we had. Um, you could bet on yourself. You could bet on yourself. Are we allowed to say that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Five Pen Universe does not, not condone illegal gambling. <laughs> there you go. Disclaimer. So anyway, my parents, so my parents had always, always followed my career of bowling. So every year if I made it. So actually when I first started, when I got out of YBC, I bowled at York West, which is in Toronto. So I made their mixed team for two years until I married Michael. Then I moved to Hamilton. So anyways, so that year, for some dumb reason, I didn't think to ask my parents to sponsor me. Well, that was the freaking year I ended up winning the stupid singles. <laughs> lost a lot of money. <laughs> and lost them a lot of money. <laughs> but it, as they say, I, I, I wasn't into bowling as much as Michael was. Um, I ended up beating Anna Swartzman, and I know she was upset about it because she says, I always finish second, I always finish second. <laughs> I had, like, as I say, I didn't, uh, had no idea what it was about or anything, but I ended up winning both. Back then, you were allowed to bowl both, and we went to got no Quebec for the national. Awesome. And um, we went down there, and we won the gold as a team, and of course, it's the same thing. You finish the teams first, and then you bowl singles. I believe I handed up third in the step ladder. So when we had finally, when we won the gold, you're so wrapped up in the game and, and the emotions and everything and bowling all those games. It was a lot of bowling for me. Um, but I remember when I finished with the team, I sat in a corner by myself and just, the, it just drained out of me. I was just completely out of it. So I remember when I went to practice for the singles, I threw the ball in the gutter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Throw the ball. I was in the gutter. I was like, oh god. So I end yeah. up losing the game. I end up fourth in the step ladder. That's. <laughs> I remember that part of it. But um, uh, so that team that year, we had uh, Sue Davies, uh, Connie Dreer, uh, Pam Saluka, Josie Tuck. Uh, Darlene Wolf and uh, Ed McCallum, Helen's, Helen McCallum's husband, okay. was our coach. Yes, and we gave him a few heart attacks a couple of times. But <laughs> welcome to coaching. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then next year, we won again as a team. Uh, we went to Red Deer, Alberta. Uh, but we end up with the, the bronze medal. But uh, every tournament nationals I've been to, we have always had a, a medal. I've never lost anything. Anything. And uh, then. That's a good stop. Yeah. So then in, I, I had uh, quit bowling for a little while because we had children and getting into there. So in 1985, I thought, oh, I'm going to try bowling again. Uh, our team won. Uh, we went back to Hall, Quebec again, <laughs> and we won a silver back then. That's awesome. Yeah, and then in in um, Red Deer, Alberta, in uh, 1989, I made the All Star team. They had All Star teams where you'd pick five bowlers, 
that was the year I was picked to be on that all-star team. Um, that's, as I say, I, and then after that, my kids were into hockey, bowling, dancing. I just, it was too much for me. So yeah, I let him go. yeah, it was way too much for me. Yeah. Some serious and, 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 um, you know, we're looking back and, and, you know, like I, I've told her a few times where I'm grateful that, um, she allowed me to continue to bowl, right? I say allowed, right? I mean, she was the one that said, I'll take the step back, right? And, and get the kids to dance, get the, you know, Perry to dance and Matthew to, to hockey and, you know, and, and so on and so forth. So um, fortunate that way. So, yeah, so her, her, her career was very short. Mm-hmm. Well, still, judging by the resume, I wouldn't yeah. say it's uh, something to be well, I'm still, <laughs> like, like Cheryl, like uh, Allison says, it's you've quite the career as well. Yeah, I'm still a part of bowling. Like I, I'm, I'm more behind the scene, <laughs> like the YBC supervisor, the kids in tournaments, coaching the kids. I'm still on the Hamilton board, and it's right. been 30 years, so I, I'm still part of bowling. I just don't bowl, yeah. <laughs> which Before I still love. Before we go on to Masters, just a question for both of you. Uh, favorite memory of all time um, playing at the Open? Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, we didn't prepare you for this one. You, you just if broke them. something that could stand out for you for the Open Championships or playing at a Nationals or playing at a Provincials, even making all the, the, the teams at Hamilton, what would be something oh. that would stand out for the Open? So this was um, probably towards like 2008, 2009, thereabouts, bowling in the provincials um, in the stepladder finals. I started on, I can't remember if it's five, six, seven in a row, and pick a deuce. First time ever I picked a deuce. <laughs> and Martin Talbot. <laughs> I, God bless his soul. He went and got the two pin <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right afterwards and got everybody in, you know, from Hamilton teams to sign the two pin and gave me the two pin at the banquet. Oh, that's awesome. Still happy. Yeah, like Good job, Mark. Yeah. That was a big question I asked you and that's your memory. Is it, is it Mike of ripping a deuce? <laughs> is it, yeah. I mean, you know, like I say, I mean, lots of good, you know, all these other memories and whatnot. Um, of course, yeah. Um, you know, again, but uh, but yeah, that 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 one kind of sticks out. It's like it's like somebody said to me, or or like I, you know, you you can't necessarily remember the people you beat, but you remember the people you lost against, yeah. and that's where maybe the two pin comes in, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Is that pin that pin behind you? Is that the two pin? It might be. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. That's super so, cool. So, so what I did was I, I um, um, I brought some of the five pin stuff down here, right, just to kind of make it our home still and whatnot. Totally. So, you show Americans this pin, and they go. What the no hell idea. is that? Yeah. <laughs> right. And then try to explain it to them, right? And and then the bowling ball, right? And and so try to explain it to them, you know, 
it, it's just like <laughs> they have no clue. Yeah, yeah, especially down in Florida. You know what? If you were up in like the northeastern yeah. states or something, you know, yeah. you show them the ball at least, they'll be like, ah, oh, duck pin or something. But uh, yeah, D down in Florida, that's a tough sell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, what about yours? Do you have, any, do you have one? Hello? How about being seven months pregnant? <laughs> Two seven months pregnant as nationals. Low center of gravity. <laughs> There's been but plenty, you, right? If you knew yeah. the way she bowled, right? I have no idea how she did it because she was a very L-shaped bowler, if you want to call it that, right? Like she was bent at the hips, right? Okay. And, yeah, yeah. And for her to be bent that far over, and getting her arm with this big belly, I have no idea how she did it. <laughs> but she did. So we won gold. Yep. Yeah, yeah. that's great. You know, there's uh, didn't Helene Godmare say it was pregnant at one of the nationals? I'd be interested yeah. to hear some of the you know ladies out there who have played at a nationals or provincials or some of their, their best events pregnant, right? Yeah, I yeah, I did bowl very well. <laughs> <laughs> right. It, it keeps the arm motion normal. You know, you can't, you can't, you can't move your arm around a whole lot when you're, you know, it's, yeah. yeah. It was good Consistent. for balance. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. fair. It's good for balance. Yeah. Yeah. You weren't going left or right. You were going. <laughs> That's you were straight. <laughs> yeah. Let's, uh, let's move over to the masters now. Um, this is a pretty incredible stat here. We'll read off. Um, Mike, at your Ontario masters, you've, played 22 times have a 260 provincial average for over 1500 games you've played in oh. in the second most all time wow yeah so uh, that's a few games wow. that you've played there at, at nationals you've you've seven provincial tournaments you've won um and the four times the mark 10 men's champion what is what is that so um the ontario masters had a um again back to the days with Ernie Rogie is kind of being the technical guy um, was um, wanting some sort of um, um, competition where for, for accuracy of technical, the tech, tech, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and then, we, and then, and then there was a sponsor, the cigarette sponsor, Mark 10. Right. Oh, gotcha. Oh. Okay. Right. So Ernie came up with this thing where you would um, have to hit the left two pin by itself, the right two pin by itself, and then the head pin. And you'd throw 10 balls, right? You'd, you'd throw 10 balls and you'd count your score, whether it was, you know, if you got eight out of 10, nine out of 10, 10 out of 10, whatever. So we do that for three or we do that for four tournaments prior to, so prior to bowling the first game, because it would only take, you know, 10 minutes to do kind of thing, right? You would do it, and then at the year-end tournament, you would have the um, the finals where everybody who had the most score they would take a percentage, and you'd you'd do it again, and you'd count up to ten, and whoever. So I was successful four times in that thing. And again, um, only one to win four times, and something like that doesn't exist today. Um, I think they stopped that probably in two thousand and. 10 or 11, I think, something like that. But um, 
that was definitely a mainstay in the team and the tournament side of things. Uh, that's, that's super interesting, honestly. So I've heard that called Mark 10 forever. And and mostly as like a drill, you know, left two pin, right two pin, yep. hit the middle or whatever. Yeah. Um, I had no idea that that's why it was called Mark Ten. That was one. Of, that was that was <laughs> one of the main reasons is like, because the score sheet yeah. even had, the score sheet even had the Mark Ten uh, cigarette emblem on the top of it. Wow, that that's that's amazing. And and like yeah okay yeah and we still call it that all these years later and they're still getting free advertisement at five yep. people. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. That's that's insane. But you, uh, it says ten national appearances with uh, with Ontario, all of them with a medal accomplishment. Six time Masters Men's Team National Champion, two times silver medals and one time bronze. Can you run us through some of those? Men's team championships. That's uh, that's a pretty good stat. Six-time national champion of the Masters. Yeah, um, a lot of them were different um, from a standpoint of um, um, different different um, teammates, right? Um, from you know um, having Lloyd Omrod as as an older gentleman to you know having um, you know there, there was one time when there was Jim Thorpe. Terry Little, myself, um, all in our mid forties or whatever. So, you know, uh, big, big variance in um, in um, ages and whatnot. So, you know, you got you got to learn a lot from um, you know in the younger years where you know Ian Cameron was leading the way and Greg Pederitis and um, Brian Kay at that point was the was the um, coach. You know, probably ninety-five percent of the time on the men's team. Um, so he was bringing his wisdom and and um, his camaraderie to to the teams. So um, very good, again, just enjoyable. And then, like you say, playing against you know the guys from um, the Winter Games again. You know, seeing them so many years afterwards and and competing against them. Um, you know, uh, was was um, something I'll never forget. I think, you know, and it, it, you know the friendship, you know, that you bring and and you get um, over time, and so on. So, um, very fortunate, you know. And again, playing in all different places, you know, everything from uh, um, you know Newfoundland to you know Surrey, BC, and and uh, Victoria. I bowled in Victoria. So got to um, got to you know see the see the country a lot just through five pin bowling. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I can't. I don't know if I could tell you or you ask me what lanes I bowled at in uh, Saskatoon. I don't think I could tell you. <laughs> you know, this, right? um, you know, and so but um, but you know, uh, very good times. Um, you know, again, and all the stuff that goes around it. You know, the the um, the team parties, you know, and so on, and the, and the activities at the nationals. Mm-hmm. Um, just, yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, just a big deal, and and that's partly why you know in two thousand eight, two thousand fifteen, um, even you know when I pretty much wasn't bowling anymore, I I wanted to host the nationals, right? I I wanted to um, 
you know, to um, give back a little bit, right? And, uh, you know, uh, enjoyed that probably as much as I did uh, bowling. So. How, how about the, the singles, um, you know, 2005 Tournament Masters Singles Champion? Do you, re, uh, do you recall some of the competitors you would have played there or how the final, because Masters Stepladder, again, probably yep. every week. Um, how, does the, how does the finale work for the Masters? Yeah, it's um, a stepladder. Um, it's only a three-person stepladder, though. Um, I think mm-hmm. the, Ash, the, the C5 is five, I think, right? But the qualifying of it is to get to the step ladder is match play throughout. Match play points. Yep. Two points for like a win. Not a block like the open is. Right. Yeah. So it's it's you bowl. Um, so it's 21 games. Right. You bowl each competitor three times. Um, so in 2005, um, uh, we were in Red Deer. Again, I. anybody know where we bowled? I can't remember where we bowled. You bowled Heritage, you bowled Sylvan, and I think you might have bowled Riverside. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. There, there's your answer. There you go. <laughs> probably Heritage for the stepladder? I would assume so, probably. What yeah. did the center look like? We can be able to help you out. Are you Sorry. serious? <laughs> all right never mind <laughs> yeah. if i remember correctly those were the center's deck so yeah that makes sense yeah, yeah. even alice remembers yeah yeah so um qualified second that uh then and actually going into the last day i won the last five games to kind of get up the ladder and get into second so i played um dave uh Urich from saskatchewan um and um uh one two straight again you had to win two games uh-huh. okay yeah so okay. one two straight then and then played um leonard rabby from uh quebec and leonard um beat me the first game and then i came back and won the second two games um pretty proud of that because, i mean i bowled for those so i bowled five games i bowled 1493 those five games in the so, step letter wow. yeah in the step letter yeah um really proud of that one from a standpoint of is my first singles win mm-hmm. ever well my first and only i was the only um only time i've 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 got an individual uh medal so and that, um, that was probably the only year he went by himself yes I yeah. went by myself. Yeah, that's what Gary, that's what Gary said. Yeah, yeah. Because again, back you know, um, when the kids got older, my son would come to me to the nationals. My daughter would come. <laughs> well, there's my daughter. <laughs> so there we go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I was I was really proud of that. Um, was it a big weight you off your shoulders winning Sorry? that? Was it a big weight off your shoulders winning that first singles event? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And 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 again, it was one of those accomplishments I wanted to do. Um, and you know, again, it was towards the end of you know the career kind of thing. Um, so yeah, so in two thousand and two, when I lost though, 
I actually thought I had a better chance in 2002 than I did in 2005. In 2002, um, I qualified first, right? So, you know, didn't have as many games to bowl, obviously, right, and and whatnot. Um, and I I played um, Bruno Cecier again for Quebec, mm-hmm. and uh, he beat me two straight games. But you know, um, maybe you ask me, you know, what was the one thing you remember about the Nationals and Maybe this is what it should be. So I lost the first game, 274 to 271, right? But in that game, I had a set of aces that I spared hmm. and then punched the head pin the next the next ring, right? So a bit of a downer, and then I only lose by three pins. Sure. So the next game, I get a set of aces. I spare it. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I what what center was this at? I shouldn't ask. Nobody <laughs> <laughs> know this. <laughs> We've been down the stacks. I know. I know sorry, it, was, it was in Thunder Bay. It was at Mario Mario okay. Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Because we we the the singles bowled mostly at Superior, but they had the finals at at Mario. Right. Right. Um, free friend, uh, free fall house, right? I think it was double diamond, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm not, yeah, it's not still free fall, but uh, yeah, it's yeah. like half ten pin, half five pin. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, so again, I spare back to back sets of aces in two games, right? And punch That's the awesome. head pin both times and lose both games. <laughs> that was that was heart disheartening. That was like, man. That was my chance, right? That's what I was thinking. That was my chance to win. Yeah. Your your TSN turning point. You you spare the aces. You're like, okay, let's take advantage of this. And then you punch after. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Kelly Martin's asking about heritage. Is that the year that we were slapping mosquitoes on the approach? I feel like there's a story there for us. Is that the year we were what? Slapping mosquitoes on the approach. The bugs at Heritage, those flies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, do we bring up a sore subject for for Adam or what? Yeah, yes. PTSD. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't remember that. You guys fill me in. Uh, Uh, Mine is a totally different subject. Sounds like (laughs) Allison was saying an old. I mean, that's a possibility. Yeah. Adam, Adam had a chance to win the Heritage Traditional, and a fly came across him, and he lost. So oh my. Ball, ball for it all, and yeah. had a uh, fly come right in front of me, and it, it didn't do like a full flyby. Just kind of <laughs> hovered there, so I, I backed <laughs> off and uh, went up and uh, just, just missed. So yeah, yeah, paid PTSD. Good old yeah, days. That's somebody in their former life coming to get you, Adam. So, like, oh, guaranteed. Oh, yes. I, I'm aware. Yeah. <laughs> Tim's demons. Um, <laughs> I believe yeah, it was funny. Masters, but Nathan Cooper also had a question asking you about the shorts in Thunder Bay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So that was the year I think the Masters allowed, they started allowing you to wear shorts. And um, 
I really asked the guys, do you really want to see a six foot, 120 pound, skinny legged guy in shorts all week? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I did. So, bowling singles, I didn't wear the shorts. So, <laughs> but yeah, that was kind of the thing. I mean, there's no way I was wearing shorts bowling. I, I don't like wearing shorts golfing, never mind bowling. <laughs> I think you're allowed to know. Make a choice, right? I mean, you can have two guys in the team that play shorts, three guys who wear pants. You mix right? match. Yeah. I think back then it was it was one or yeah. one or the other. Right. Yeah. Early on. Yeah. Let's move on to some of the other extras um, that you've you've done. So some of the Hall of Fame and some of the association sort of stuff. So um, you know, pretty interesting and and neat resume here. Both of you are Hamilton five pin. Hall of Fame members. And then, Mike, you are as well the, uh, part of the Ontario uh, Five-Pin Hall of Fame members. Can you tell us about some of those induction ceremonies or how did those come out to be? Um, well, um, a lot of the associations here in Ontario uh, are zones. Um, and what they do is they do Hall of Fames for their bowlers in their zone of, of their accomplishments. Um, it started out a while ago, but then it stopped for a couple of years, and then now it got started back up again. I think we've done it for quite a few years. Um, I think it's, but it's only every two years, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Yeah, they induct only every two years. Yeah. Okay. Um, so they, uh, what they do, they have a committee. Um, you put in uh, people's uh, requests on their accomplishments and all that kind of stuff, and then the committee picks on who gets inducted and and it's uh i'm i can't remember i don't know i know we just started it back this year we were they were supposed to do it last year i think martin was supposed to do it last year but with the coven they were going to have a dinner and a presentation it was a huge thing um and you would get inducted you get a plaque and then you're part of your association like hamilton five pin bowlers association as a hall of famer mm -hmm. we uh we out here, we, we don't we don't have a, a huge dinner or gala like that, but uh, we've seen the photos and um, I think was it John Conti just got inducted a couple of years ago or what, somebody out there, um, and, and I know um, yes. it was really good because Mitch was showing me photos out there and stuff like that, and uh, it's Wait, quite the, the <laughs> Mitch, yeah. but it, it was quite it was quite last name. It's quite the spiel you guys do and everything. It's it's quite like uh it's really nice what you guys do out there. It's uh, but it's, that, uh, that, sorry, it's an honor, right? No, yeah. it's an honor. It's definitely a great thing what you guys do. Yeah, but that one is part of the Ontario Five Pin Bowlers Association oh, and zones okay? have their own. Yeah. Okay. There's yeah. two different types. You get inducted to your own zone. Okay. Or you can get or you can be also be inducted into the Ontario Bowlers Association Hall of Fame. Right. I don't know if you guys have ever heard even um, Walter Heaney has this speech about um, the Hall of Fame and future of bowling yeah. and things like that. But, uh, mm -hmm. You know, again, we, we've probably heard it Many a dozen times, times and, and it's still, you love to hear it every, you know, every time. So, well, he also they has like. He has the greatest speaking voice in all of five pin bowling too, so that that does help. Yeah, yeah. he does. He's uh, yeah, he, he was a he was a true uh, life 
mentor to me uh, as well growing up, um, going through the masters and being involved on the board. I was on the board for 20 years and obviously on the board, having lots of um, um, presence, you know, around Walter and whatnot. And um, so, yeah, he was, uh, he was, he was a good mentor. We need to get that recorded for Piping Universe. Is that uh, the the speech? I I, re speech. I recall it somewhere along the lines, but oh yeah, Martin, it's a wonderful yeah. speech, right? Yeah. I know Lynn Howell has a really good speech too. Um, oh, does he? Yeah, so it'd be really cool to get some of these great speeches recorded mm -hmm. or or live video. So mm -hmm. we'll, we'll be coming for you guys. <laughs> yeah, good, good. It, it is it is wonderful. It is. So. So, yeah, um, so, you know, getting in, you know, obviously, um, you know, once a lot of my, um, um, you know, as I said, you know, when Pat Mahoney and, and you know, you start seeing all these people from Hamilton get inducted, it obviously becomes one of, you know, one of the things that you'd like to accomplish. And, and um, so, yeah, in 2013, I was, I was elected into it. So it was, it was, um, it was a great day. Um, I remember I had a lot of my family there, um, like, you know, sisters and, you know, brother-in-laws and nieces and nephews and, and um, you know, my, my son and my daughter and my, my, my mom was there. And um, so that yeah, was, it was, uh, it was one of those things. It was very nice. That's great. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Brett Hendrickson brought up earlier about um, Mike. You were ranked number twenty-two in the top ninety oh five male, and Cheryl forty-two on the women's list, and that's a, a pretty nice accomplishment. It'd be great to see that list somewhere. So you know, Brett or Tim, maybe you already have it, or somebody. If you can send that along to the Five Pin Universe, mm -hmm. we'd love to be able to dissect and look at that list uh, overall. I don't think other provinces would have something that extensive for sure. Um, mm -hmm something for us to to emulate for sure even the hall of fame induction stuff so please share that info along with us would be great that's right lynn thank you for sharing your speech calling bowling is for nerds and you would know that one the best oh, so. okay. there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah um how about family um you had mentioned a couple times that family and brothers and siblings and sisters and, and people have bowled Share, yep. with, uh, share with us some of the, the other extensive and even your kids' um, your range of bowling that, sure. that they've done as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, my sister, Sharon, right? She was um, – um, she squeezed in at number 90 on the top 90 <laughs> list. So, um, you know, good for her. But she had four <laughs> – she was at Nationals for four times, right? Um, um my nephew Jason, which is Sharon's son, uh, went to nationals for uh, four steps. Um, my brother-in-law Harold um, um, won a masters tournament um, as well. Uh, and then my daughter Carrie. So out of all of this, right, and all of this, Carrie's the only one in the family left bowling. So, it's, <laughs> right, it's it's kind of sad in a way of how much we bowl, bowl, bowl. And now Carrie's the only one bowling. Uh, and I'm sure that her son is going to bowl, who's two years old, and bowls in the house already. So nice. and does the nice. wee bowling and watches wee bowling and 
you know, so I'm sure she's going to get him bowling. So well, maybe it's not all over yet. He bowls 24-7. Yeah, it's like. You should see. Love it. Uh, so, so you're saying there's a chance. Carrie, yeah, so Carrie's made provincials, um, you know, 11 times, right? She's wow. been to the Open Nationals once, been on the uh, Masters Nationals twice. So she's had a pretty solid career um, as well. I'm very proud of that. And my son, Matthew, who um, didn't bowl for long, um, went to, um, I can't remember where he was. He went Calgary? No, BC. BC. And uh, as a teaching master. And um, they won silver there. And I believe that's probably the last time he threw a ball. (laughs) Oh, really? It was kind of like one and done, right? It's like, um, so yeah. So, you know, lots of, you know, lots of family things going on there. Um, um, you know, we bowl in the open. And like I say, my my sister Joanne, who, you know, was never a competitive bowler, she'd be at that open watching Cheryl oh, yeah. and myself every year. every year. She would not miss it, you know, kind of thing. So, um, and then having the kids, you know, our, our kids, you know, come to nationals with us and, and things like that. Um, you know, when we talk about family, I, I, I will add one thing here, right? So Carrie gets born in 85. Um, so we're going to a bowling tournament at Bardon Lanes, right? In uh, Beat the Champ tournament, it was called. So we're going in there and and um, she's kind of going, do we really want to go? And do we have to go? And so what does she do? She Decides to break her water going into the bowling alley. So I don't bowl in the turn. <laughs> she, wow. she just decided that, eh? Yeah, she just decided that. So, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Out of spite. So it was like, Yeah. So, um, and then, like I say, in the age seven, she's bowling seven months pregnant with our son. And so, yeah, it, Bowling has definitely been um, in the circle of life for bowling for us, that's for sure. Totally. Uh, no. Sorry, you know how you asked me uh, from bowling what you remember for ourselves? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I won the bursary in 81. My daughter won the bursary 22 years later. That's, that was a huge thing for me. And then when our son made the nationals for master, that was 25 years after I made it for the nationals. So that's a huge thing as as a memory for me for bowling is my family. Totally. So that's what I live for is to see them. But that's my memory of remembering those things. Or my two kids. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's super cool. Um it, it's it's funny. I I I kind of always believe in like what happens if things don't happen in your life. And I was like, I was thinking, what about the bursary? If you didn't win the bursary, you would never have met Mike, probably. Yeah, right? darn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. You you, you you always think about that, right? I mean, what what happens if that never happened, right? You might have, yeah. yeah. Right. So it's kind of crazy to think about that. And um, on, on a side, <laughs> on a side note, but. 
Uh, I when I was speaking with Allison, I, I didn't know how extensive your family was. I didn't know you're related to others like the Talbots and all that other people. Like, yep. uh, it's uh, I, I didn't think your family was that big and like that widespread in the bowling community. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. It's and, crazy. And, and you know, and the, and the Talbots. I mean, you talk about the Talbots, right? I mean, you know, um, only from you know. Jason and Natalie being married, but I, I owned a bowling center with Bob Talbot for two years. Hmm. Um, you know, we we um, partnered up and bought a Oakdale Bowl in Oakville for a couple of years. And, um, you know, and then um, my work kind of, it was kind of like one of those things where, you know, okay, I got to do one of them full time. And, it's, and um, sharing the, um, the lanes probably wasn't going to be financially, you know, like the best decision to share. So, um, you know, so, I, so Bob took over at that point and, and um, it was actually a bit of a, a blessing from a career standpoint at work because I flourished in work after that. So, um, but enjoyed, you know, again, enjoyed yeah. that. Cheryl helped, um, you know, she was there in the afternoons, helping with the afternoon leagues. Mm -hmm. I'd go out there in the evenings and, um, yeah, yep. So yeah. it got a little crazy probably with all the little kids too. Right. So yeah. at that time, we had to see what we owned it. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. In that port. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, before we get into the final section, I know we had somebody talk about uh, what about the CBC? And I know uh, Mike's had quite the success on the CBC. Um, in 93, he was the CBC champion and he won $27,000 as the winner. Now, that's quite the money. Um, 94, he was runner up at uh, $10,000. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll bring up Martin's uh, thing in just a moment here because I'm interested to know about that uh, that story. Uh, <laughs> Mike, Mike's individual stats, he had a perfect game in March of 94, uh, a high triple of 11-17, which is incredible, um, high five of 16-69, high 10 of uh, 3,010, high 15 of 4-4-7-4, uh, high league average of 279 and this is incredible estimated earnings over a hundred thousand dollars that's quite something hundred thousand dollars in bowling um yeah well the cbc obviously helped that quite a bit right well i'm still at still 60 some yep. thousand you made on the side though but yeah but yeah. that that's crazy twenty seven thousand dollars for first place is an insane number especially in like the early 90s i mean that that's that's like you oh, know yeah. a quarter of a house. Yeah, yeah, it was yes. uh, it was a lot of money. Um, you know, and again, a young family and whatnot. Uh, we certainly put it to good use. Um, totally. Yeah. Was there it, big sponsors at that point? Sorry, sponsors. Was there big sponsors? Like, where did that money come from? I, it was never like that when we were playing. Well, I. <laughs> Again, I'm not a hundred percent, but I'm pretty sure that the bowling proprietors put that up. The BPAC yeah. put the money up, and CBC donated the airtime. If you okay. want to call it, that. I think that's how it came about. 
I believe that's how the, the prize fund used to be funded. That whole show was funded basically by the proprietors. Um, and you're right, Mike, it was, they would, they would give the airtime, but the, the cost of everything was paid and the prize money was paid by the proprietors. It wasn't, you know, Carling O'Keefe, of course, there was a couple of sponsors that were sort of in their airtime, but um, certainly that money was, was mostly proprietors. But but I, I think you remember that's... who you played in the finals or who 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 you would have played those those years, and in '94 you were the runner-up. Did you still have to qualify out of Ontario to make it, or did no. you get an automatic re-entry? You got an automatic re-entry. Yeah, which was which was obviously very nice, right? I mean, not to have to go yeah. through the the qualifying thing again, right? So, um. So again, it's one of those things. I know who I lost against in '94. Yes, I was uh, Willie Orn. Of, okay. Uh, oh, yeah. um, um, now I did ask my buddy John Conti um, last night to send me. He has the. Um, so in '93, um, Bob Medforth. Was I um, was my first opponent. Um, second opponent was Daryl Bailey. Third opponent, and then Doug Lakeman from Edmonton hmm. is who I beat uh, in the final. Lakeman, hmm. yeah, Doug Lakeman. I've heard that name. Maybe it's Claire's uh, Claire's yeah. brother. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And that, who did you play in the final? Did you already say that? Uh, that was Doug. I beat. I, Doug, I played yeah. Doug in the final. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So only three matches. So um, four matches. I, okay. So I must have missed one. Yeah, it was only four. And that's just the other thing, right? I mean, you get there, and you Close. win four matches, and you get twenty-seven grand. I mean, good payday. Pretty good. Pretty good deal, right? Totally. Similar to the five pin universe or, or it's a WCBT event, right? There's only what three or four matches you have to win to win the championship for the two for the finals. Four finals. finals. Yeah. yeah, not for 27 grand. No, no, certainly not Soon, I hope. yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but I, I think that's awesome though. I mean, the fact that okay, so CBC puts up forty thousand dollars in prize money and see and or sorry, the bowling proprietors puts in forty thousand dollars of prize money, and CBC donates the airtime. I think that's great. I mean, that's forty thousand dollars spent towards advertising, but that's advertising that's lasted a lifetime, you know. So I I think that's well worth the money at CBC or the bowling proprietors. I wish they had the money to do that again. Um, but I mean, how much? If somebody said, you know, they sell franchises, and I remember that very clearly. I mean, I wonder how many they they would have had to have sell to make that make that viable. But uh, if if CBC or TSN would ever be willing to donate airtime again, that is absolutely worthwhile. I think for forty grand. Yeah. I, well, I'm not I'm not sure the cost on that CBC Sports Day, but it, it was a ridiculous amount of money just to get us back onto TV. It was mm-hmm. astronomical. I remember it was that, like yeah. eighty grand or something like ridiculous, if I remember correctly. But yeah, and I think yeah. that's the challenge now is not that you know, the proprietors or, or finding the money, it would be the airtime being given to us. You know, obviously we had that message from one of our members here that had talked to, to Paul and, um, you know, regarding the different TSN, CBC, the structure and how everything went. And, you know, that's, that's the challenge of it, but 
doesn't mean it's it's done. There's different avenues, and that's what Five Pin Universe, and that's you know, proprietors or you know, C fives or whatever have to figure out what the, what the right avenue is for bowling to get mainstream and get on. If it's YouTube or Facebook, then we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's funny to me that they they it costs so much to put them on now. When like you know, CanCon like the Canadian content rules say it needs to be fifty percent Canadian content on TV and television for you know nationally, and uh, I can't see them actually coming close to that until they start you know airing a whole bunch of curling and stuff like that, the Briar and stuff. But I don't understand how they're even hitting that fifty percent threshold that they need to. Uh, we need to get back in there. Yeah, that's my rant. Well, we keep doing our thing, the virtual events or doing the. Um, you know, the, the WCBT events, there's going to be a way. It's just going to take time. It's not going to be year one, year two, year six. It's going to be, you know, keep keep at it, right? And we can't give up, but we'll get there. I feel like there's a, a bit of a debate coming up here. Um, Mike, we had mentioned in the future of five-pin bowling some segments. Actually, first, let's go back to Cheryl and the story about Martin Talbot getting busted with having a party. really <laughs> <laughs> good. Yeah, that is good information we want to hear. Cheryl, tell us all the details of what Martin was up to. I hope so. No, it was at the Optimist Club. <laughs> Do we the need to send part, Martin? You might, no, might have to remind my memory, but the only party I remember, we did a Masters tournament, and everybody came back to our place. Remember the townhouse. Yeah. Ian Wilson went through my coffee table. <laughs> uh, Good start. <laughs> uh, everybody ended up staying over drinking, like I mean, like crazy. Uh, I don't know if you, uh, Brent Flynn, who probably hasn't he hasn't bowled quite a while. He was he was in my bathroom sleeping. Uh, Mike, Mike Tuck Peck. was under my coffee table. And got, and got sick in the Oh, kid, and so, yeah, no, in someone's shoes. Shoes. Oh. <laughs> it was great. But Martin, I, at 93 at the Optimus Club. I. Well, I just sent Martin the link, so uh, yeah. we might get him in here to refresh your memory. <laughs> you might have to, as we say, we're getting old. <laughs> <laughs> We'll, we'll see if he sees it, but oh, yeah, yeah, he's, gonna oh, he's to. just saying something simple. I had friends at the bowling alley, cleaned it up too nice, but you found the score sheet still on the table. That was always my my problem. Oh. My parents would go away, I'd throw a party, and then it would, the house would be cleaner when than when they left, oh, right? Yeah. And they would know, like, well, duh, <laughs> clearly you had a party, and you, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, anyway, ninety three at the oh wow. That's crazy. <laughs> so, it sounds like um, Martin was quite the party animal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was. Was or is. Yeah. Maybe slow down a little bit. Anyways, oh, yeah. I was referring to a debate that we might be having here. On our pre-organized agenda, Mike, we had the, the discussion about 17-inch or 18-inch index. <laughs> yeah. He, he's ready. You might have had something to say about that. <laughs> well, I... So here, so how many bowling centers have gone to 17 inch? Do we know? Like three or four. Oh, that's uh, it. Eh? 
I, I maybe more than that. I think there's there's two there's two in Edmonton. Uh, I guess yeah. I always forget Bronx. So and uh, Bonnie Doon Bronx. I know uh, Nebs obviously. Elmira before it shut down, did. Yeah. Yeah. It could it could be a couple others. Let, let's say under ten. Let's say under ten be safe okay. probably. Yeah. But but of those so of those ten though a lot of tournaments are probably held at those locations right. So Nebs is an example, right? They've got, you know, they've got lots of Masters tournaments. They have the now the um, um, the tour there or whatever it's called. Um, yeah, club tour. So, yeah. so I, I guess I just, I, I challenge myself and I've had some, you know, discussions with some other guys a little bit about this is, you know, why is there a need to go to 17 inch? To me, it's like, you know, making the net bigger in, in, in hockey so you can score more goals or, or, you know, making the, the hole in, in, in golf bigger so that you can, you know, score better. And I, I guess I'm just, like, it just seems to me like it's a fundamental change in, in, yeah. um, in the game itself. And I know that, and I, and I, I think I remember talking to um, Tom England at one point when he was, when he was um, doing this. And, and I know it has a lot to do with league bowlers and getting more strikes right? Trying to get them to get more strikes or whatnot. But, you know, the byproduct, um, to me, the byproduct of that is just, um, you know, if you can get more strikes, you can obviously get more spares and you can pin better. Doesn't that change the whole game? Yeah, uh, I I totally agree with you. Now, oh, we have, a, we have a special friend in here. Uh-huh. I, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, 100%. Uh, we can come back to that in a second. Hello, Martin. <laughs> hey, Tim or Dex, how are you? Good, how are Good. you, buddy? Good, I still can't tell you two apart. I don't know what it is. I know we look identical. I mean, we I both know. wear glasses, and you know, I have a symmetrical thing. face, it's yeah. almost the same. <laughs> <laughs> Do I hey, really Blake, want hey, to hear Cheryl, this? how are you? I'm fine. Do You're I really want to hear this? No, I yeah, but, apparently um, you threw a, a wild party or something. What we want to know well, a lot of the gory details. I, I blame it on my dad because he trusted me with a set of keys. First mistake. <clears throat> so I kind of stuck in with some high school friends and I made sure I cleaned everything up so proper, right? I was like, I can't get busted doing this. I cleaned the whole place up so good, but I left the score sheets on the table and Cheryl found them the next day because she went into work. And then oh, gave them to my okay. dad. So let's just say um, I, I lost my keys for a bit. Hopedale <laughs> <laughs> Bowl. That's right, so, at Hopedale. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so Martin, yeah. I, I don't even think I re- heard that story. So you did a good job of keeping it quiet. I, I, no, I talked <laughs> I talk to Cheryl quite often. It doesn't surprise me that you forgot something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's yeah. funny. You know what? The Optimus party. Yeah. What the was Optimus, Optimus club was when Mike won in 93. Um, and that was the night. And uh, it makes me think because uh, our, our good friend, Christine, it was 21 years ago yesterday that she passed away. And she was part of this funny story because Dustin had taken Brent's keys and threw them in the snow. And Christine and Steph were stuck at a Tim Hortons and had a quarter. And had they didn't know who to call because it was two o'clock in the morning, and they were like, 
who are we going to call to let know how we're going to get home because we're screwed? <laughs> but, uh, Mike and Cheryl right. always had some great parties. That's for sure. That's funny. You know what? I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, I was like, as, as a bowling alley owner, I would gladly give keys to somebody that's going to go in, do their bowling, but make the place spotless. Wow. <laughs> what? Like cleaning crew for free bowling? I'm totally in on that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Looks like we're getting some keys. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Wait, have you changed the locks in 25 years since I used to work there? Yeah, too many, too many break-ins. We've had to, unfortunately. My keys won't work anymore. Gotcha. You still have keys. Yeah, your alarm code might still work. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like a rock can work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. One of my favorite stories with Mike um, was with uh, Al Hardiman and Brenda Hardiman, and we well, so Mike was always the first guy to bet. It usually was Cheryl that would stay up late and same with Al. Right. But it was the opposite that night. So it ended up being me, Mike and Brenda, Mike, we ended up in the holiday Inn restaurant. We were eating. I don't know. We got in the service elevator. We're in places where we're not supposed to go. Um, yep. We were in the service um, elevator and got yeah. into the kitchen. Um, kitchen. The kitchen. That's right. <laughs> and uh, got, um, Cereal and cornflakes corn flakes. and frosted flakes and, <laughs> and, and riding up and down the service elevator for like a couple of hours. Oh, yeah. And Brenda <laughs> thought it was snowing outside, but no, it's frosted yep. glass. Yes. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> right. Yep. That's great. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you another um, story about Al Hardiman and Cheryl here. Is, no, no, no. So at the, at the Masters Nationals, yeah. the Masters Nationals in uh, Oshawa, um, where uh, Cheryl and I are staying with Al and Brenda Hardiman. So after one of the the uh, evenings, right, um, we get back to the hotel and we all take our turn in the bathroom. And Cheryl was always the last one in the bathroom because she takes seventeen hours in the bathroom. So, so, so. Al, I said to Al, I said, Al, let's switch spots. He goes, what? I said, let's switch spots and see if Cheryl notices. So I jump into bed with, I jump into bed with, with Brenda. Al goes into the bed where Cheryl's going to come in. So Al's in bed, and and, and Al Hardiman just, a, he's just this um, lovable life, right? But he could not stop laughing and giggling. And we're going, Al, stop. She's going to come up. And he'd giggle, right? So anyways, he finally settled down. And Cheryl came in and she'd go into bed, right? And she, he's, she's in bed there. A couple, you know, 30 seconds go by or whatever and nothing happens. And 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 Brendan and I are kind of like, what's right? So eventually, right, She Al moves over and then she figures out that it's not me because Al is so much shorter. And she jumped out of bed, and out. We just could not stop laughing. And that was one of the nationals things. It was just like that was good. hilarious. But that's always the best thing of those nationals things is those little things like that outside of the bowling that yep. makes everything so funny and memorable and creates those friendships forever. And that's that's super cool. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's uh, let's go back and keep debating the the seventeen six eighteens. Martin, stick with us. You can hang with us till the end here, oh. um, folks. Maybe ten fifteen minutes left just to watch our time. Um, yeah. But seventeen inches, eighteen inches. Walter also brought up the fact about the bases. So 
happy to, to discuss that further. Obviously, the discussion is, did we need to make the change or was that, you know, beneficial to the average bowler, the tournaments and stuff like that being run? So, um, Dex, I think you, you finished off on, on making a comment. Yeah, um, I, I agree. Like, from, from the competitive standpoint of the game, um, personally, I dislike it, uh, but that's just me. I think it takes away a little bit from the game. Um, I I really I really pride myself on being able to find lines and solutions to all scenarios or, or ball change or whatever and adjust to the lanes. And I and I feel like going to 17 inches, you know, the strike zone becomes so wide that it it does take away that portion of the game and and I dislike it. I understand why it's happened and I understand that it, it does it does make um, the game a little bit more fun for the casual bowler, um, and I, I do get that. And even even from a um, a production standpoint, you know, um, whenever I watch hockey, you know, the most fun games are when you see a game where it's eight to ten, you know, shootout back and forth. But um, I'd I'd like to see a goalie make a save every once in a while too. So from the competitive standpoint, I I dislike it, but from the proprietor standpoint, I kind of understand um, why they did it. Yeah. So have you seen a change in the, you know, in the averages or in the tournament results and games and things like that? Like <laughs> totally. So for yes. for our masters is a pretty good example. Um, our masters, if uh, are in, in a game set, if you need, if you want to win at Bonnie Dune, you're gonna have to shoot, you know, twenty five hundred probably for eight. Uh, well, if you sh- yeah. if you shoot twenty four hundred, you're probably second. There's gonna be or second or third. There's gonna be two to three people over twenty four hundred every time. Um, but I think the I think the biggest you when you when you mix in the seventeen with the 17 on center bases with the black bases, that's when you really see the pinfall change in my mind. Um, I think Nebs noticed that too. Even when they went to the 17 on center, it was still, you know, on the tougher side from uh, just from stories that I've heard, because I've never actually had the fortune of playing there. But uh, when they switched over 17 on center with the black bases, everything sort of changed. And um, yeah, I think that that really changes the scoring that way. For me, it's the, the, Thing is, you gotta do some warm up and do some practice and do your mark tens and uh, make sure you find a line because you know what I've seen mm-hmm. people miss with the ball on the lane still, you know, gutter side. So um, that's a little bit different to get used to, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know if, like I said, from a predator standpoint, I'd rather play, I'd rather play black bases on eighteen inches than I would ever on seventeen. Me personally, yeah. Um, Mike, on a, like in Edmonton, um, our major men's league we used to have that was around, and I know Lynn's on here uh, for forty plus years. Uh, it it died because of the the seventeen inches and the the black bases combined. And the only reason why we, we did it, I mean, the league was was kind of getting stale a little bit. But um, the guys on here can attest. Uh, it was the first one that missed, maybe the middle, or the first one that maybe hung a corner, lost the match. It was just ridiculous and. Um, it became, it didn't even become, um, any game of skill. It just became a game of how many strikes you could throw in a, in a, in a match. Right. And it just, it it became not fun anymore. Right. And, uh, we, we noticed that nothing against like that you our our major men's league or, or, or C bowler or a third bowler on the team was about a two thirty average and their averages went up to about two fifty, And, uh, it was just, 
it just kind of um, it, it, it kind of narrowed the gap between the higher average, I think, a little bit. Um, just because they got a little bit more room for error, and then for us, for us, it just uh, it just became crazy for our open stats, for example. I know Dester's talking about our masters, but our open stats, if we wanted to have our Saturday, usually we held at Bonnie Dune. Um, if we want to be in the hunt, so say top 15, if you want to make a, a team, say top 15, you're 275 average after 10, right? For guys. And, and that, that's, to me, I think part of the open, for me personally, I think a lot of us can attest is, is the grind of the 20 games, right? And, yep. uh, and and that's not what we're getting out there, right? So it's a little bit different. You're out, you're not outplaying somebody, you're outscoring somebody. I always said with the, the uh, two different uh, versions. And I and I guess I guess that's you know part of my debate with this. Yeah. Is, is you know, um, don't you want, don't you want the the exceptional bowler to always, not to always win, but. So in other words, the guy who can spare and pin, shouldn't he have as equal a chance than the guy who can only throw strikes? Totally. So so the way I see it is I, I see this as almost a um, oil pattern debate on 10 pin. You know? Sure. Um, there's a house shot, and I, and I would be okay. I would be okay with every center going to 17 on inch, uh, 17 on center bases if – they're like nebs where nebs has the capability of actually switching them they can switch between 17 and 18 at least on some of the lanes probably not the 10 pin convertibles but on the strictly five pin ones they have a switch where they can actually switch the buckets i would be okay with that for the casual bowlers even you know some of the league bowlers um and then when it comes to tournament time flip that switch make it 18 inches and go from there and, and use it like an oil pattern that's that's kind of my thought. I do want to touch on one comment here from Brett, um, where he says anything that helps the seniors and casual league bowlers throw better games is good for the sport. I 100% agree with you. I think um, it's the, the complete opposite. But yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, it doesn't truly help the seniors. Casual bowlers, when they hit the middle, it might help them. Seniors, honestly, not so much. It creates so much deflection. That you're hitting the outside of that three pins now because the the three pins have been moved in, yeah. and you see a lot of balls go into the gutter uh, on the pin side, like before the pin, right? But the, before the two pin, you see a lot of corners left because of it. So I don't know truly how much it actually helps um, the seniors. I know even with the black bases, the black bases are almost detrimental to seniors at that point too, um, but especially on the seventeens. Adam, do you want to speak on behalf? Yeah, no, it's uh, I. I, I the word is it, it takes that grind out of the game. Exactly what, what you're saying there, Tim. And mm-hmm. it, it, it narrows the gap from your, well, your so-called C bowler to your A bowler, uh, where all, all of a sudden you, you can't grind to win tournaments. And, uh, you know, back in eighties, nineties, two thousands, the best bowlers were the best bowlers because they could make it through those grinds and long tournaments. And, you know, they put in that extra work that right now the, you don't have to put in that extra work. Right, you just hit the middle and watch pins go down. It, it, it it's a totally different game, and uh, everything's going to evolve. Right there, there's always evolution in any type of a sport. Um, I didn't even mind, you know, the uh, the the new black bases, uh, it, although you, you fundamentally changed the physics of the game. 
um, you know, the 17 centers to, to me, it's, it's just ridiculous. Uh, but uh, again, it, there, there's evolution there, there's options out there. Um, I, I love your idea, Dex. Like if you have that option to, you know, go tournament mode at 18s, um, and, and still play, you know, a, a standard tournament and, and let the, the best players play that that's the way this game was designed in, in my opinion, but uh, for for the proprietors out there, they they got to make money, and high scoring makes money, and it brings people coming back. So uh, there, there's arguments for both sides, but from a competitive standpoint, uh, watching that Wednesday league essentially die because everybody could throw seven eight baggers at, at, at any time, uh, to, to to me it got ridiculous. Mm, yeah, Martin, how about your thoughts on those? Uh, I completely agree with Adam. Um, I, I think we guys were talking about the 230 to the 250. You've maybe made that gap closer, but that 250 to 60 is where you've got to grind to win an event. Um, and that's, I think, 17 inches takes that away, like Adam said. And um, I, um, watching Mike so many years, pride on pinning. And um, I'm Mark, I might correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know how many Mark 10s you won, but it was something we uh thrived on for thanks. Um, <laughs> I remember I had won that the one time, but I prided myself on trying to win those because it it says a lot to make that that corner pin spare when you need to or pinning out that head pin for 15. It makes a big difference and it needs to, it doesn't reflect on the score anymore. Um, like Adam said, anybody can throw six or seven in a row and see you later, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I guess, I guess, Mike. I guess the biggest um, talking about uh, deflection. The biggest one is uh, for ladies out here would be Diane Violini. Diane can't carry a corner if her life depended on it at Bonnie Dune. Like she probably hang maybe seven or eight corners a game out of there, and you know she's so she's playing Mark Ten the whole time, right? Um, yep. Just picking corners, right? And um, so, I mean, for for a lady or or for somebody who throws a, a slower ball, like that combination is just not is not scorable, right? So, yeah. My so, personal so you've thought. Had another, so, so you've added even another adverse effect of it. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Mm. Um, Interesting. We'll re recap this here with, with my, or, or final with mine, and then we'll talk one more about lane closures, and then we'll, we're almost done here. Um, I like the fact that there's innovation and there's willingness to create a difference with the game. Um, so that the game doesn't go stale and doesn't die with um, low scores, people not enjoying and coming and playing. Whether the 17 is the right thing, I'm I'm okay with it. Um, again, I like the fact that there's innovation. I would like to, to see more ideas on the table down the road for what other little things we can make to tweak the game. Whether it's, you know, obviously synthetics make a difference. Whether it's shortening the lane altogether. Um, you know, then you, you have a less way to go. I don't know what the answer is, but my, I, thought, I like that there's innovation and creativity to, to enhancing the game. If this is something that has made proprietors more money because people are bowling, then I'm all for it. Um, as me, somebody who's never played at the really highest, uh, I'm with David Sisko. As somebody that bowls at you know, a tougher house, it's refreshing to go play at Bonnie Dune for a tournament because then I do feel like I've got a chance. Um, going to the, the eight, Five Pin Universe 8 Gamer, you know, I qualified 24th by playing out of Bonnie Dune, um, and I have no problem with that. Um, mm -hmm. So it does give us that chance. Uh, it's not just about the highest always working the grinding. I mean, it's a different argument. So um, 
I'm okay with innovation and creativity to make a difference. So, but but yeah. good debate. Um, last thing to touch on before um, we, we sort of wrap up is, it, Mike, you want to talk about you know lane closures and what is the future of five pin bowling? Give us your give us your thoughts there. Yeah, I mean, obviously in Hamilton here and in the surrounding area, we've lost a ton of bowling centers. I mean, we used to, you know, there was probably, you know, 20 bowling centers and now we're down to two or three. Um, there's actually only one bowling center left in the in the proper city of Hamilton itself, you know, um, which is rather discouraging. And, and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, like you say, would, would the – would the move to 17 inch and black bases five years ago or 10 years ago have helped that? My opinion, probably not. Um, Jim, you made a good point about the innovation and things like that. Um, proprietors or bowling centers need to put some innovation into how their bowling centers look and what they give back, right? Um, cause again, I mean, you, you walk into the one bowling center in, in Hamilton and it's like walking into, you know, 1984, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. It's just, you know, and again, I haven't been in bowling centers. Um, I haven't been at Nebs in probably a decade. I haven't got a clue what it looks like today. Um, we, we so, did a walkthrough if you want to go back in the podcast, <laughs> Jeff England took us all the way through. If you say, so if you want to see, oh, it's really? Yeah, I do. Okay, I, I will do that because it would be interesting to see. You know, <laughs> yeah, so it's the Jeff England one. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, put me on mute. But, but should, there <laughs> some, <laughs> should there be some more innovation um, within the technology of today in, in how it's presented, how the game, you know, how the game is presented, um, whether it's sorry, we have company. <laughs> a little cat decided to jump on the table. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like so, so now we have this automatic scoring, right? And and I, and again, haven't been in a bowling center in a long time. But wouldn't it be nice to be able to see your shot again? Why isn't it? Like if that doesn't exist, why doesn't it? Yeah. Right. It's a um, replay. Yeah, like a replay, right? Um, you know. Part of bowling is the sound. I think that's what attracts 10-pin, the open, like the casual bowler to 10-pin, right, is the sound and whatnot. Why can't we somehow project the sound better in 5-pin so that, you know, you hear more of those pins falling and hear more of the the pins, you know what I mean, and things like that. Why aren't we, you know, and, and the setup of the, you know, um, the seating area, right? And how it looks. And so, so why aren't we doing things like that, that, that tries to bring in and maintain the, the family bowler again? Yeah, I, I totally I think, agree. Um, I think Mike just got uh, Jeff England and Tom England to stay up all night with those ideas. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, the, they've done those micro- already. Microphones in the pit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, totally. You know, but you're right. You know, although not all the bowling centers, there's a handful of bowling centers. You're walking into 1984. They haven't yeah. innovated their look, their appearance, the paint on the walls, the, um, you know, cartoon, you know, caricatures, all these things. Like it's, it's, 
it's dull and a little bit boring, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and you're yeah. right. It's, you know, like Allison said, Sherwood didn't close because of the number of strikes being thrown. So are we trying to innovate to change the game or are we should we be innovating, like you said, Mike, to improve the atmosphere and improve the ambiance? You know, you look at a place, um, Plaza Bowl here in Edmonton. Um, they are super retro, um, but they cater to the, the college crowd. They've got a DJ in there spinning tunes on a Friday, Saturday night, and the place is absolutely packed, right? So it's creating the atmosphere for people to come and want to be there. It's not really about the bowling, and unfortunately, the, the pinfall and the lane conditions, <laughs> tournament bowlers were not going there to play, but all the college kids go there, and they don't, they're enjoying it, right? So. Totally. Yeah. Uh, Len's got some great ideas here. (laughs) 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 You know what? All right. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Len. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, any final comments from you, Mike and Cheryl, that you wanted to touch on or that we didn't chat about here before we we let you go? Um, Just like to shout out um, to... um, um, you know, the John Willicks and Ian Wilson's and, and uh, you know, guys that um, we probably haven't seen, you know, Martin, we haven't seen as much as we probably would like to see in, in the days of COVID and, and um, um, just thinking about all you guys and, and uh, know that uh, you're still thought of. Awesome. And Martin, what? any last comments to Mike and Cheryl? We'll let you go to um, soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you guys got Mike and Cheryl on. For somebody that's grown up in YBC, um, Mike, I mentioned in uh, when I was on early in December that you were, other than my dad, you were like a mentor to me um, and to many uh, players of my age. Maybe for you, you guys looked up to Lloyd um, and uh, as, a, as a mentor, but uh, us in the mid-40s range, not to make you feel too old, but we all, we all looked up to you. Um, and we wanted to be you. Um, and for Cheryl, uh, same thing. Uh, she's done so much work on the lanes and off the lanes that a lot of people don't see, um, more than Mike, I'll give her that, um, (laughs) our association. Um, so to have them both on your show, uh, representing the city of Hamilton and Ontario, I think is great. And, uh, personally, thank you to both of you for everything you guys have done. Thank you. Thank you. It's very nice. Appreciate it. Okay. So you too, Will Dexter, we'll let uh, Mike and Cheryl, thanks so much for coming on the show. Obviously great, uh, great having you. Lots of great discussion, amazing careers. Um, And both of you, you know, a lot of prize money won. So like Martin says, uh, you know, certainly appreciate having you guys on. We'll let uh, both of you guys go. We'll wrap up just to five pin you guys and, uh, and call her on this show. But Again, appreciate it. Stay yeah. safe down there. Stay healthy. Enjoy the, the warm weather. Yes, um, thank you. Martin, uh, you. Thank you, guys. Quickly, Martin, everything okay there in Montreal? I know that the Habs got <laughs> You know, it's, I was going through with my son. He had a picture with Claude Julian, and we were ready to send it to him. I, I told him this afternoon when I picked him up from school, I said, you don't have to worry about sending that one out. He won't be there. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. awesome well thanks so much for coming on everybody it's really nice having you two on and getting to know you a little and and uh yeah that that was fantastic really appreciate your time and what you guys have done for the game um anything we could do to like 
push this game forward. Uh, we're very grateful for everything that you guys have done in your time period. So thank you. Great. Thank, thank you. you. Appreciate the invite. Thank, thank you guys. Awesome. Okay, guys, the back room. Uh, hang out if you want to chat a little bit more after. Uh, yeah. But we'll wrap things up now. Thanks, Martin. Thanks for jumping on, buddy. Thanks, guys. Chat soon. <laughs> well, that was great. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Um, great, yeah, super- great couple. You know, I've done so much for the sport and even behind the scenes and the volunteering and all that stuff. You know, we didn't really get into, I think, that all the work that Cheryl does in behind the scenes, um, but obviously super appreciated in their community for the work that they do. Um, you know, lots of great comments today, too, from from people out there. We saw, you know, Connie Ward, Kelly Martin out there, you know, Brenda Pankoff out there. Um, lots of great Ontario mm-hmm. bowlers that are probably a lot of them even on that list. Uh, of, the, of the top, you know, right? So inspiring to see people and, you know, good that we have the reach. You know, I love the conversation that we had there about the 17s and 18s and the innovation of what bowling centers was need. And we need more of that. Totally. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I feel like we could have talked for three hours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Could. It's yeah. super good. Uh, we, might, but was awesome. we might have to get them back on sooner or later again. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. True yeah. enough. Tim, True let's enough. line up our next couple of weeks, and then we'll yeah. let everybody go and and go. Well, first of all, yeah, thanks, Adam, for coming on. I appreciate mm-hmm. you filling in for Kerry. Oh, pleasure as uh, always, guys. Um, I didn't throw any digs at you because you're obviously you're online, so I can't do I, that. I, I still got um, one for you. Don't worry. <laughs> 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 um, I so next week we have Sandy Anderson. Uh, so we're excited about that. The following week, uh, we have Mike Warren. So Mike Warren's going to come on and uh, seven-time silver medalist. Yeah. And uh, the following week, we actually have uh, for St. Patrick's Day, Daryl's going to love this, uh, Kathy Davidson. So she said Buffalo is all around. Yeah. So she's super excited about doing that. So (laughs) we're going to be drinking that day, are we? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to have all those lined up. So we're excited to have it. Awesome. I got to give well, a big shout out to annoyed five pin bowling guy. I haven't seen his name forever. He doesn't post anything anymore, <laughs> but he, he, he's still my absolute favorite. And so, you know, maybe throw a few memes of Tim out there. That would be, be <laughs> excellent. Thank who, you. Who is, who is annoyed five pin guy? Or is he like uh, club we, pro guy? We, we no, all know, but we don't know. We'll never know. <laughs> is that like the golfing? Did anybody follow club pro guy on Twitter? He's basically Batman. Yeah, golf. It's he's hilarious. Like he's just so, oh, he's just out there. He just announced that he's opening up a new golf course, um, the Three Jack National, the the video that he put out. But yeah, follow Club Pro Guy on Twitter if you want a good follow. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. awesome. Well, Adam, yeah. thanks again for jumping on. Uh, thanks, guys. That was great. Uh, I'll run our commercials uh, and then we'll call her a night. Hey, good Thank job, you in, everybody. Good job, thanks, Dex. I- I didn't butcher it, so <laughs> yes. I, I yes. kind of should have. I kind of should have. Gary never asks me to do it again. <laughs> 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 yeah. Cheers, awesome. guys! Thanks, everybody. Nice